You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today we are in week number three of a series called This Is Us. And this is a series where we're going through for the very first time in the four year history of our church, we're going through our 10 values through the 10 values of our church. And these are 10 values that we've had since way before we ever became a church. We wrote down and asked God, God, what do you want this church to be? And, And he gave us these 10 values. And these 10 values actually answer this question, what makes us uniquely us? It's really our DNA as a church, it's who we are. And these 10 values are what makes us uniquely us. And it's so on my heart right now in this season specifically, because so many people have been coming to our church and we have a lot of new people that are in our church. And it's so on my heart to clearly articulate, this is who we are, but also for some of you that have been around here for a while, some of the OGs, you've been around, you're a Queen City Church vet. I just want to, it's so on my heart to remind you This is who we are. And so far we've talked about two out of those 10 values. And first we've talked about this value, Jesus is our message. And last week we talked about the value, people are our priority. And this week we're gonna be talking about a value that Jesus actually prayed for in John chapter 17. So let's read this together and then I'll share the message title and then we'll pray. John chapter 17, starting in verse 20. Uh, Jesus is talking, he says, I'm praying. So he's praying to God right here. He says, I'm, I'm praying not only for these disciples, like the, the 12 people that have been following me for three years, these, these closest followers of mine, not only is he praying for them, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So here's what that means. That means if you're at church today, and you've made a decision to follow Jesus, Jesus literally right here in John chapter 17 is praying for you and he's praying for me. And here's what he says. Here's what he prays specifically. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one. There it is again, as we are one. I am in them and you're in me. And may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, we're gonna be talking about our value, unity, is our pursuit. This is a very important value to us. It's one of the things that makes us uniquely us. Unity is our pursuit. Now, before we pray, I do wanna encourage you today to lean in. We are a lean-in church. And so what that means is that we're not here to hear from me. We're not here to hear from a person. We're here to hear from God. We believe that this is the word of God. And every time we open it up, that he wants to speak to us. So I wanna encourage you today to lean in with anticipation that over the next few minutes, you are going to hear from God. So write down some notes when God speaks to you. Turn your phone to do not disturb so nothing distracts you on your cellular device. 
lean in, acknowledge with energy. Let's open up God's word and let's believe that he's gonna speak to us, okay? Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We are so grateful for this time to be here. God, we thank you for your word, that it is alive and that it's active and that today in 2022, that it speaks to us. And God, I pray that today we would be transformed by your word. I pray that we would be forever changed that when we walk out of here, we're different than how we walked in. And so God, right now, we pause everything in our life and we give you permission to speak. There's no area in our life right now that is off limits to you. And so God, we give you permission to speak, to challenge us, to correct us, to encourage us. God, I just pray that you would speak to us today. Our ears are open to you. And God, we do pray that the Bengals would win today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, Lusan. You played that so buttery smooth. That was so good. Um, so how many of you, by show of hands, like you like it, like it feels good when people pray for you? How many of you like, if I'm telling you one of the most underrated things in the world that encourages us more than anything is when we get that text that says, I just wanted you to know that I'm praying for you. Come on, didn't that feel good? I hope this week you feel conviction to send about 10 of those. Uh, just like, hey, I just wanted you to know that I'm praying for you. God put you on my heart today. And because it feels so good. Well, here's what I want you to understand. In John chapter 17, these verses that we just read is pretty much a text from Jesus today saying, hey, I just wanted you to know that I'm praying for you. And now this is literally hours before Jesus would be betrayed by those closest to him and then arrested and put on trial and then go and ultimately be crucified on a cross for you and for me to pay for our sins. This was literally hours before that. And out of all the things that Jesus could be praying for, he just has a prayer time. Okay, I know that this is coming. I have to go spend time with God. And out of all the things that he could be praying for, he's praying for us. He's praying for his future church. But not only is he just praying for us, he's praying specifically that you and I would experience unity, that we would be unified. And we see this, and let's read this again in John 17, verse 21. It says, I pray that they, that the future church, that you and me, that they will all be one. Just as you and, and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. May they experience, verse 23, such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. And talk about a countercultural prayer. Talk about something that our world is not experiencing right now. That we live in a world right now that is full of division, full of polarization, full of you better pick a side, us versus them. And we live in a world where you name it, there's so many different ways where that is. And we live in such a divided world, but I believe with all my heart that Jesus prophetically looked into the future and said a divided world in 2022 needs a united church. And so I'm gonna be praying for that. I'm gonna believe. But listen, Jesus just didn't talk and just didn't pray uh, that we would be unified. Look at it. Because what he says in this prayer 
is that we would be unified the same exact way that he is unified with God. That's different than just, hey, would they be unified? He prays, like, would they be unified, God, like me and you are unified? Now, here's why that's so important. You and I have to understand that God himself, he exists, like his whole presence exists in uncommon unity. The theological term for this, if you go to Bible school, is the Trinity. And the Trinity, it means that God is three in one, and at the same time, he's one in three. And so the Trinity, it's that there's three parts that make up God. There is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now that is a uncommon unity that when you take those individual parts in unity, it makes up the the totality of God. And talk about a uncommon unity. And he prays, get this, that you and I, that his church would be unified like that. Now here's a really cool thought. How many of you know that so many times, at least I do, I'm always expecting Jesus to answer my prayers. But what if today we answered Jesus's prayer? And by the way, let me make this perfectly clear that today we are talking about unity, not uniformity. Unity is not uniformity. Unity is not all looking the same, or acting the same, or sounding the same, or fitting this certain mold, or all having the same exact perspective on every single thing. Like, that's not what it is. Like, unity is not uniformity. Listen, like, unity does not eliminate diversity. It does not. In fact, you can't have unity without diversity. That's why my favorite description of the church that I will say for the rest of my life, my favorite description, the best way that I can describe the church is this. The church is unity and diversity. That is what the church is. That the church is this unity and diversity that we're made up of all these individual parts. And then when you put those individual parts together, man, it just creates something totally beautiful. That's why in the Bible over and over again, it describes the church. It describes me and you as the body of Christ. Because how many of you know the body is made up of a lot of different parts that all work together in unity. Like we're not all just arms. Thank God, you know, like, the, like we, we, we're all different parts. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, in verse four, it says this, it says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. That's talking about the church. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And in John chapter 17, Jesus He doesn't pray that we would just all be the same. He doesn't pray that we should just all just politely tolerate each other. Listen, unity is not tolerance. He prays that we would be unified. That's why we have this value. Unity is our pursuit. And so for the rest of our time today, I just wanna share just three truths from God's word about unity. And here's number one, write this down, is that unity must be pursued. Unity must be pursued. See, the type of unity that Jesus prayed for us to have, like it will not come naturally. 
Like it won't just happen by accident. We'll never stumble our way into that type of unity. In fact, here's a principle that you can write down. Like we will never, ever, ever drift to unity, ever. We will never just accidentally stumble into unity. All your relationships, you will never accidentally drift to unity. In your marriage, I promise you, you will not drift to unity. In your friendships, at your job, with your coworkers, with your boss, you'll never just, ah, like I accidentally became unified with them. That will never happen. Like we will never drift to unity. Like it must be pursued, but if Jesus prayed for it, I'm going to pursue it. In Ephesians chapter four, verse one through three, it says this, the apostle Paul writes, I urge you, it's like he's saying, I beg you, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort. And I want you to underline or circle that word effort. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Listen, church, unity, it takes effort. It's gonna take some work. It takes intentionality. Let me put it this way, that unity is always uphill, always. Unity within all your relationships, unity in your family, everything when it comes to unity is uphill. Like there's gonna be some natural resistance And as soon as you stop pursuing it, just like it's uphill, you'll start to drift backwards. And that's why we have this value. That's why the language of this value is not just that we value unity. No, unity is our pursuit. So here's the question that I have for you. Let's make this personal. I want you to write down this question and I want you to think about this. What would it look like for me to pursue unity. What would that look like in your life today? Like right now, in all your relationships, in your situations, in your circumstances, what would it look like for you to pursue unity? What would that look like? Maybe it would look like seeking to understand somebody else's perspective. Maybe it's somebody that's different from you. Maybe it's somebody that, that thinks different than you or believes something different than you. Maybe to pursue unity, it's like, hey, help me understand. It's just having a conversation. Maybe for you, it is, it is man, I'm just going to make the choice for me to pursue unity. I'm going to refuse to gossip in any situation. I'm not going to do that with my family members. I'm not going to do that with my friends. I'm not going to do that at my job. I'm not gonna do that at my church. Like I, I'm gonna refuse to engage into God's, I'm gonna refuse to throw shade at anybody. I'm just gonna refuse. Like that, maybe that's a way that you could practically pursue unity in your life. Maybe it's having a crucial conversation with, not about, but with somebody that right now, you know you're not on the same page with. Maybe instead of sweeping stuff under the emotional rug and just stuffing, 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 it's saying, no, 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 no. I'm gonna take some time to have a crucial conversation, two chairs and a closed door, which I think those two things could change a lot in this world. Let's just take some, I just believe so much that two chairs and a closed doors can solve a whole lot of our problems. 
and we're just going to sit down and we're going to have a crucial conversation. We're going to get on the same page and we're not leaving this room until we're moving forward together. Maybe it's that. Maybe that's what it looks like. Maybe you're here and, and, and you're married or maybe you have children right now. And maybe for you, what it looks like to, to really pursue unity is to sit down with your spouse and say, hey, like, let's sit down and figure out some family values where we can in unity lead our family and lead our children, that we're not just gonna accidentally do that every single day and just hope that we're on the same page on everything. No, we're gonna sit down, just like the church has values. Man, we're gonna have some family values. My wife and I, we did this about eight or nine years ago where we just sat down and said, okay, God, like what are the values that we wanna build our family on? And so here's what, through that process, here's what it actually came down to. Here's our family values. We actually have this art piece that my wife made because she's an artiste, okay? She got skills that pays some bills. And, um, <laughs> and when we see, we see that, and so she made this, but more than the art piece, it really is like our family values. It's, it's what makes us uniquely us as an individual family. It's, it's how we make decisions as a family. They, they really, because values are so important because values determine decisions. So they're literally like filters for decision-making. And so when we sat down and like, hey, what can we do? It's like, okay, this is who Cromers are. Like we follow Jesus. That's, that's who we are. We lead people. We serve others. We are contributors, not consumers. We refuse to live life alone. You ever heard that here? Uh, we are generous. We're faithful with small things. We choose to honor. This past Friday, we went and celebrated with Rivers Crossings Church in Mason. They just celebrated their 15 year anniversary. And we got to go there and just celebrate them and honor them and say, hey, you are 11 years down the road further than us. And we got to sit there and we took our kids and we told our kids, you wanna know why we do this? Because this is who we are. We choose to honor and that that's who we are. We speak life. We tell our kids that all the time right now. Hey, don't say that. Why? Because that's not who we are. Don't talk to your brother like that. We speak life. And then last we eat cookies. That's like our version of YOLO. I don't know if people say that anymore, but like that's, that's our version of that. So we, 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 uh, metaphorically eat cookies and we literally eat cookies. And so those are our values. And so maybe for you, parents, you know, maybe, maybe you're married, but you don't have kids yet. Why don't you proactively sit down with your spouse and say, man, I want to pursue unity in our family. That before we ever start to raise kids and figure that out, man, we're going to, this is who we are. Maybe it's, maybe it looks like that. Some of you, you got roommates and I'm about to preach right here. Okay. Some of you got roommates. Some of y'all got a lot of roommates. I've talked to some of you that you're like, I've, I live in a house with like 13 people. And I'm like, wow, that's impressive. But you know, in environments like that, you have some roommates and some people are not pulling their weight. And deep down, you're just getting so frustrated. You're just getting mad. You're getting bitter. You're never getting better. And you're just getting frustrated and you're getting passive aggressive and you're leaving dishes in the sink and just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to wash that dish. But then you do because like stuff is growing on there and uh, you know, and so a lot of times you feel that, well, stop it. Stop. Pursue unity. Call a house meeting. Get everybody together. I'm trying to help you right now. I'm trying to help you. 
call a meeting and say, no, listen, we are going, like we gotta get on the same page. Everybody needs to start pulling their weight. Let's divide out these chores and these responsibilities. Come on, who wants a vacuuming ministry? Do we have any volunteers? Okay, you're gonna do the vacuuming ministry, Joel. Okay, okay, hey. Carl, you want to do the vacuuming ministry? Okay, you want to do the dishes ministry? You want to do the trash ministry? And just divide all those bad boys out and make sure, you like, pursue some unity. Now, let me challenge two different groups of people. First, I want to challenge the younger people in this room. And you decide if you're in that or not. (laughs) But for the younger people in this room, I challenge you with all sincerity, I challenge you to pursue relationship with some of the older people in our church. Like they have invaluable wisdom and leadership and experience and maturity that you need. And I believe with all my heart that your life would be better with them in it. But listen, don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them. Now, the older people in our church, let me challenge you with the same exact thing. I challenge you to pursue relationship with the younger people in our church. I'm telling you, look me in the eyes, God has a purpose for you here. God has a big purpose for you here. Like they need what you got. I'm telling you, I talk to young people all the time that says, man, can I just, can you help me find a mentor? Can you help me find somebody who can come alongside me, who's been there and done that and can help me? Like, I just need somebody to be there. I need somebody I can call. I need somebody to come up and put their arm around me and say, I believe in you, young man, young lady. Like there's greatness on the inside of you. Like there's a generation that needs that, that needs spiritual mentors and spiritual big brothers and big sisters that need spiritual mothers and fathers to come alongside them and say, I got you, I want to help you. But let me just make sure this is clear too. Just as much as they need you, you need them. Like you need what they got. Your life would be better with some younger people in your life. Trust me, it would be better. But listen, you don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them. I think one of the greatest responses for this message is what's gonna happen in the lobby right after this. Is that there should be some pursuing of unity that happens right after that. So my question is, what would it look like for you today to pursue unity in your life? Whatever it is, please understand, it's gonna take some work. It's gonna take a little bit of effort. It's gonna take some intentionality. Like that type of unity, it won't happen naturally. It has to be pursued, but I'm telling you that pursuit is worth it because of number two. And that is that, here's why it's worth it. Because unity commands a blessing. That's why it's so important. That's why it's worth every bit of effort and grit and intentionality and work that it takes to get it, it's worth it because unity, it commands a blessing. We see this in Psalm 133 in verse one, it says how good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity for there where his church is unified, God bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. The message paraphrase puts it this way. Yes, that's where God's that, that's where God commands the blessing. By the way, the opposite is true too. 
Like unity commands a blessing, but disunity blocks a blessing. This is a sobering thought. Like there could be an area of your life right now that is not experiencing blessings from God because there's disunity in that area. And just so we're on the same page, here's what blessed means to me. Here's my favorite definition. It's having God's supernatural power working for you. It's not about being healthy and wealthy, okay? Blessed means having God's supernatural power working for you. And I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed in every area of my life. I want to have God's supernatural power working for me in every area of my life. Like I want to be blessed in my marriage. So here's what that means. That means that I have to pursue unity with my wife. I want my family to be blessed. So that means that I need to be pursuing unity with my children and with my siblings and with my parents. I want my friendships to be blessed. So that means I need to be pursuing unity with my friends. I want my job and I want my career to be blessed. So I'm gonna pursue unity with my coworkers and my boss. Like I want our church to be blessed. And so that means I'm gonna pursue unity with every single person who calls this church home. Listen, I want our decisions as a church to be blessed. So that means that I take the personal responsibility to pursue unity with the leadership of this church, that I'm pursuing unity with our lead team, that I'm pursuing unity with our trustees, which are internal elders that help oversee all the finances at our church. I'm going to pursue unity with our overseers, which are our external apostolic elders, that, that their responsibility is to oversee me. Like I want the decisions of our church to be blessed. So that means that I need to be pursuing unity with the leadership of our church. But I also, man, I want the capital C church to be blessed. I just don't want our church to be blessed. I want the church as a whole to be blessed in our city, in our nation and around the world. So here's what that means. That means I'm going to pursue unity with every single pastor in our city, every single church in our city. Like we're gonna do that. And by the way, just to make this perfectly clear, we are not in competition. Can I get a good amen? We are not in competition, like we're on the same team. I am praying every single day for a revival and a move of God in our city. And let me just go ahead and tell you, to, to be able to actually step into that, it means not just our church, but every church in our city reaching its full potential. Man, I'm praying for that. I'm believing for that. And I wanna see unity in the body of Christ, which means I got to pursue it because I wanted to be blessed. Listen, the devil is not afraid of a big church. He is afraid of a unified church. I believe it with all my heart because he knows this principle that unity, it commands a blessing. And so number one is that unity must be pursued. Number two, unity commands a blessing. But here's the third thing that I've learned about unity is that number three, unity is attractive. It is. Unity is attractive. We see it in what we read, this prayer from Jesus, verse 23. It says, may they experience such perfect unity, listen, that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Listen, 
our unity is a witness to the world. He said that their unity, man, I hope that they're unified because I want the world to know about me. In other words, unity is attractive. And the opposite is true too. Disunity is unattractive. The picture that God gave me is that unity is like a magnet. That whenever unity exists, man, it just draws people. But that same magnet, if you turn those things around, is like disunity. And when you turn those around, it's like it actually repels those things from there. I'm telling you, unity is attractive and I want to be a church. We will be a church that pursues unity in such a countercultural, not common way to where our city notices and demands an explanation. Like where our city looks up and like, what in the world is happening at Withrow High School on Sunday mornings? What is happening with that Queen City Church place? Or is it Queen City People? I don't know, because their website says that, but their church name is that. I don't know, which one is it? <laughs> Whatever it is, it's like, what is happening there? I've got to go see what that is. Because that unity is happening. Listen, our unity, get this, man, it could lead to more people hearing about Jesus, hearing the good news of the gospel, that our unity can actually lead to lives being changed, that our unity with each other could lead, get this, to heaven getting bigger. That, that matters. That matters a lot. And so our unity, it is a very, very big deal. And I want you to know, that as your pastor, since the beginning of our church, I have prayed every single day that we would be a unified church that looks like heaven. And if you wanna go see what that is, go read Revelation. And it paints this picture of what heaven is gonna look like, where it's so much diversity, and where every tribe, every nation, every tongue is there unified under the name of Jesus. And I've prayed every single day, listen, we are not just a church for older people or younger people. We are not just a church for white people or black people or Latino people or Asian people. We're not just a church for rich people or for poor people. We're not just a church that's for people that are exclusively far from God or just starting their journey. We're not just a church for people who've been following Jesus for decades. Listen, we are a church that is called to be for all people. And by God's grace, we're going to be a unified church that is diverse racially, socioeconomically, generationally, and even where we are in our personal walks with God. We are going to be a church for all people. And it may be abnormal. It may not be the most common thing in the world. It may be hard. Listen, everything great is hard, everything. You want a great business, it's hard. You want a great marriage, it's hard. You want a great friendship, it's hard. Hard does not equal bad. And I'm just telling you, it may be hard, but what I know with all my heart, it is not impossible. And that is who God has called us to be. It's not impossible and I promise you it's worth it. And there may be times where we fall short from time to time because we are people and we're not perfect. So there may be some times where even though that's our prayer, even though that's what we desire, even though it's what we want so bad, there may be times, now hopefully it's very rare, 
where our church may fall short. But I promise you, full integrity in my heart, we will never stop pursuing it, ever. And so today, with every bit of passion that I have, with all my heart, I am, I am literally trying to ask you the same thing that the Apostle Paul asked in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, where he said, I appeal to you. Like, I beg you. I plead with you. I appeal to you. My dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Like, let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. So Queen City Church, please look me in the eyes. Let me get on the same level with you. Just like Paul said, I urge you, I plead with you. I beg you with all my heart, with everything that I have, can we please get this one right? Can this please not just be a value that's on signs? Can this not just be a value that we have on a website? But can we please make this a value that's in our lives? Can we make every single effort to be able to live in unity, to experience harmony, to, ha- to, be, to be one together. It's gonna to take work. It will not come easy. There's nothing about that assignment that's downhill. It's all uphill. It's gonna take work. It's gonna take intentionality. It's gonna take resolve. It's gonna take week after week, year after year. It's gonna to have to take some resilience, some grittiness, some not giving up some things that we need to do today that we're gonna to have to do next week, that we're gonna to to do the next week. And it's, it's gonna be hard. It's totally against what our culture tells us to do. But let me just tell you that it's worth it. It's worth it because if we wanna be a part of something that's a where we can say, man, what we're a part of is blessed. God's supernatural power is working in us and through us and for us. And it's worth it. And I'm telling you, it's attractive. It's attractive. It will be like a magnet. There will be people that, because their souls are craving it. And so I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm appealing to you. Can we get this one right? This is who we are. This is what makes us uniquely us. Unity is our pursuit. Now I wanna end this message a little bit different than what we normally do. We actually wanna end today by taking communion together as a family. And here's why. Because I wanna make sure that you know, that you know, that you know what unifies us, like what makes us one. In fact, in Galatians chapter three, verse 28, it says, for you, all of us, we're one. And here's how, 
in Christ Jesus. That's what makes us one. See, here's what we need to understand today is that the cross is the greatest act of unity in the history of the world. It literally levels the playing field. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, now you and I, we're on the same playing field. Like we all have access to God. All our sins can be forgiven. Like, like we have pure access directly to God and it's all of us. It's every person, it's every background, it's every generation, every single one of us. It is the greatest act of unity in human history. And now because of what Jesus has done, because of the cross, now here's what's so important. Now we can pursue unity with each other because Jesus first pursued unity with us. Listen, church, here's the beauty about this value is that all we're doing is following our leader, is that we can pursue unity with each other. Why? Because Jesus, he went first because he first pursued unity with us. So before we take communion together and we, and we remember what Jesus has done and what makes us unified, we wanna give you the opportunity that if you're not in the family of God, to say, I wanna make that decision today. We do it every single week because it's so important, not for you to join a church, but for you to give your life to Jesus. And maybe you've never done that, or maybe you need to do that all over again today before we take communion. But I wanna encourage you right now to bow your head and close your eyes. And I just want you to think about your relationship with God right now. And is it right now where it needs to be? There was many times where I sat in church where I had no relationship with God. I maybe had religion. I maybe had a list of do's and don'ts. I had behavior modification. I had a time chunk in my calendar, but the last thing I had was a relationship with God. And maybe you've never had one. Or maybe you have in the past, but for whatever reason, you find yourself at church today and you feel so far from God. Today, we wanna give you the opportunity to get right with God, whether that's for the first time or it's all over again. Maybe today you just need a fresh start. But, I, but today, maybe you're here, you're just, I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna receive the free gift of grace. And if you're here and that's you and you know that's your response before we take communion together, if you're here, I'm gonna ask you to take one step of faith with every eye closed and head bowed. I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to put your hand in the air and say, include me in that prayer. I wanna pray for you. I wanna lead you in a prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, you need to give your life to God. You need to receive grace. And if you're here and that's you, on the count of three, boldly put your hand up in the air. One, two, three, I got you, I got you, I got you. That's awesome. Anybody else, I got you. That's great. Proud of you, proud of you, proud of you. That's awesome, I got you. I got you. Anybody else? You can put your hand down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just by faith, just say, Jesus, I love you and I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life or part of my life without you. Right now, I invite you in to rule, to reign. You have full access to my life. And will you do what I can't do? Will you change me? Will you make me just completely brand new? And I give you my life. I surrender everything to you. And right now I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I receive a fresh start right now. 
And today I choose to follow you. There may be parts of my life where I was following me or I was following my ambitions or I was following all these other things. But today I make the decision. I am following you. I'm following you. Thank you for Jesus. And it's through the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I would love for our ushers to go ahead and make your way. And while they're doing that, I want to ask, come on, can you clap your hands and celebrate with all those? Come on, that just made the most important decision of their life. That's awesome. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.